the Life of Big Dog podcast. Recently voted best podcast in the universe by the International House of Podcasts. The International House of Podcasts is not a real thing. If it were, we'd probably only come in like fourth. And now your host, the Big Dog. If you are hearing the boom tap, it can only mean one thing, that you're listening to the Life of Big Dog podcast. This is a big moment for us, episode number five. They said it couldn't be done, but we pulled it off. I need like a, an applause sound effect right here. The crowd goes wild. Five episodes. Uh, five episodes. All right, let's make this one a good one then, shall we? First of all, let me start by saying thank you once again for taking time out of your day or week to spend a few minutes with me here on the show. Like I say every week, I know there are millions of options out there, so the fact that anyone, even if it's only 7 to 12 of you, are listening right now, I just want you to know I greatly appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter if you'd like to get more involved with me or the show. My handle there is BigDog underscore KA. Give me some show topics, critique my performance, give me pointers if you're a much better podcaster than I am, which is not hard to be. But hopefully I see some of you out there, and we get involved and create some conversations. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about body dysmorphia, or as a group of us who lost weight in the early 2000s, called it inner fat where you could look like the rock and look in the mirror and be disgusted i'm gonna take that head on stare my enemy in the eyes and go to war with it it's been a lifelong issue we'll talk more about that in just a couple minutes right now dear lord i hope you're all healthy i hope you're all okay i hope you haven't sneezed on your grandma because apparently that's deadly I was a little flippant about COVID-19, the coronavirus, the Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it, the Wuhan flu. I was a little flippant about it last week, and for that I am sorry. I did not realize how major and serious this thing was going to be. I am currently recording from a city that's on lockdown. Uh, Only essential businesses are allowed to be open. Luckily, I currently work for a major hardware retailer. So I am considered essential. That said, I'm watching people coming in my store right now who are sneezing and coughing and holding hands. And man, I'm 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 gonna get a little nervous. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a little nervous. My hands have never been washed or hand sanitized so much in their lives. Um, I mean, I I always wash my hands because it's gross if you don't wash your hands, but. I will pick up a Mountain Dew and take a drink and be like, damn, I gotta go wash my hands. And I'll go wash my hands. It is crazy. So I hope you're all staying safe out there. Stay clean. Don't go out if you don't have to. Um, But honestly, there's still a part of me that's like, really? The flu is still going to be way deadlier than this. And we go out every day and we interact with people that have the flu. I'm, I'm really torn on it. I'm trying to take it more seriously. The fact that 
you know, they're shutting businesses down and entire states are shut down in some cases. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm not going to say too much because that's all I need is for this to go viral and have people say that the big dog is a racist or he hates old people, which neither of those things is the case. Although old people can be creepy sometimes. I've had some weird experiences with old people. That's a different podcast. So stay safe out there, everybody. Wash your hands, sanitize, take showers. If you can find some bleach wipes, good luck with that. I'm looking all over the place because my fiancé wants some. They are not anywhere. They don't exist. But try to get your hands on some of those and wipe stuff down. Just be careful and be smart and apparently stay six feet away from all other humans. Um, So maybe, you know, don't... Don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Don't go grinding up against people you don't know. I mean, that's normally good advice anyway, but it's better now than ever to avoid grinding up on strangers. People shouldn't grind up on strangers. Anyway, like I like to do every week, I want to make sure that I'm not just being entertaining. I always want to also want to be educational. I want to let you know about one important thing that happened this week. And I do that in a segment that I've creatively named One Important Thing That Happened This Week. Here's one important thing that happened this week. A New York City couple practiced safe social distancing and still got married as they had the ceremony performed by a man hanging out the window of his fourth floor apartment. The couple had their marriage license. We're going to come back the next day and be married at the courthouse, but because of COVID and the craziness, the courts were shut down to all proceedings, including their wedding. They then called a friend who they knew was ordained and said, hey, we want to get married. He said, come on over. But as a show of being a good example, they didn't want to do it in a room or stand six feet close to anyone, I guess. So their friend hung out his window, of his apartment, and married them on the street as people walked by and looked. He had to have had a balcony. Why not at least use the balcony? That's classless. Anyway, that's a different story. So a New York City couple, in spite of COVID, get married. I guess you could say they were brought together by the man upstairs? That's one important thing that happened this week. Welcome to this week's edition of the Doghouse. This is where the important stuff happens, where I really dig down and get serious. So I talked briefly in my introduction episode several weeks ago about my weight struggles. Uh, I have always been the fat kid, or at least the biggest kid in the room. Currently, I'm by no means fit or in shape or skinny but I'm about the healthiest I've been in a long time. I am six foot eight, I weigh about 280 pounds. That sounds like a really big number, but again, six eight versus five eight, that's a big difference. I have struggled with my weight since I was a kid. I can look back at school pictures where I was seven, eight, 
and the chubby cheeks came in, then the chubby gut came in, and the chubby butt came in, and those things have stuck with me for quite a long time. I topped off in 2006, I believe, 2005, at about 380 pounds, a full 100 pounds above where I am right now. And I can talk more about the yo-yoing and the ups and downs of weight loss and trading healthy habits and having an addictive sweet tooth and all those things, but I'm not going to get into all that today. Today I'm going to talk about a goal that I've set for myself. This is my third time setting this goal for myself. I've failed the two previous times. And it's something I'm calling Operation Shirt Off. Now, I know that's a really highly classified name and you probably can't figure out what it means. It pretty, just means, pretty much just means I'm going to take my shirt off. I am the dude who, when his family goes to the pool, keeps his t-shirt on. I used to be the dude up until probably last year who went swimming with his shirt on. The dude that everybody laughs at and points at and makes fun of. I have just recently found barely enough courage to de-shirt when I'm swimming. Went camping with my family last year and met a lot of new in-laws, future in-laws. Um, we were there for a week and on the last day I took my shirt off in the lake. And even then I stood by the dock and kind of hid behind one of the pillars coming up and I had my gut sucked in the entire time and couldn't breathe. I am mortified by how I look with my shirt off. It's embarrassing, it's disgusting. Um, I sleep with a tank top on most nights, even though my fiance, of course, loves me how I am, um, but I don't. I don't want her to have to look at me and see the jiggles and the jangles, and so I just, it's easier to wear a shirt. So that's known, that condition, as body dysmorphia. Um, I'm not sure that's what this is. I'm on the Mayo Clinic website right now. I'm just going to read you what their definition of body dysmorphia is. It's a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. A flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others. So right there in my case, it's my gut, chest, and back, and my sides, and my love handles. To me, that's not minor. And it is absolutely noticed by others. It's all they can see in my brain. You may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you avoid many social situations. Yep, that's right on. When you have body dysmorphic disorder, you intensely focus on your appearance and body image, repeatedly checking the mirror. Nope, I do not want to see myself in the mirror. If I get out of the shower, I instantly turn away from the mirror because I don't want to see anything. Your perceived flaw and the repetitive behaviors cause you significant distress, all right, and impact your ability to function in your daily life. That part is not true. I function just fine as long as my shirt is on. You may seek out numerous cosmetic procedures. No, not going to do any of that. Treatment of body dysmorphic disorder may include cognitive behavioral therapy and medication. Nope, haven't gotten that far. Uh, the symptoms include being preoccupied with a flaw in your appearance. Uh, belief that your defect might make you ugly, okay. Belief that others take notice of it in a negative way, okay. Um, fixing or hiding those flaws, t-shirt in the pool. 
Um, constantly comparing your appearance with others, abso-freaking-lutely. Um, avoiding social situations, yeah, I got all that stuff. Okay, so I don't know if I check all the boxes for body dysmorphia, but I know one box I do check. There was a group of us back in 2008 who all just happened to have weight loss blogs. We were all obese people and we're off on our own separate weight loss journeys and happened to come across each other. We were a support system. We'd comment on each other's blogs, we'd post progress pictures, we would give tips and advice, we would hold people accountable if they were slipping. It was a coalition. Uh, my friend, I think, named it, I'm not sure your name, I think he named it the Fat Coalition, F-A-T, Fit and Trim. And there were, I think, at our height, there were probably eight of us who were consistently striving for health and fitness and weight loss and blogging about it. Someone in that group, during that process, coined a phrase called inner fat. And it's where you can be 70 pounds overweight, lose 60 pounds, look amazing, and look in the mirror and still see the fat dude you were a few months ago. If I don't have body dysmorphia, I definitely have inner fat. I am 100 pounds lighter than I was when I started this process 10 years ago. But when I look in the mirror, I absolutely positively see the 380 pound dude. When I'm in a picture and I don't have control over the angle at which the picture is taken, or what the camera is looking at, I see the fat guy. I see the fat rolls, I see the quadruple chin, I see all that stuff. Not a lot of other people do see that. Most people who see the picture say, hey, you look great, you're doing a great job. But even in those situations, you tend not to believe them and you believe the picture of yourself in your head. So what does all this have to do with me and this Operation Shirt Off thing? I've got to, for my own well-being, mental and physical, be able to overcome that fear. I have, with the exception of the people, the eight or nine people who were on that blog network ten years ago, I have never posted a picture of myself without a shirt on, on social media. I just, I refuse. It's embarrassing, it's gross. I would not want to make anybody have to see that. So my thought is, finally, after all this time, I need to force the issue. I need to step over that hurdle, that mental barrier. Or if it's a wall, maybe, maybe it's a wall. I need to scale it. If scaling it doesn't work, if I can't find a ladder, I need to bust through it. But the only way I'm ever going to, I don't want to say heal, but start to get over what is probably, in the real world, an irrational fear, is to take it head on. I say it's probably an irrational fear because to most people who see me, they'd say, I look good. And, and not because I believe I look good or that that's what they should say, just, you know, at 6'8", 280, I 
carry my weight pretty well. I'm in a size of pants I haven't worn since I was in high school right now. Um, I, I get all that in my head, but I also know that if I had to take my shirt off to save someone's life who was bleeding out and I needed to use the shirt to stop the bleeding, that dude might die because there might be a camera, there might be someone I know, someone might see me. Now yes, I am obviously exaggerating a little, but I'm not gonna lie, there'd be a moment where I'd have to be like, uh, fine, I'll take my shirt off and save someone's life. Like, that is a real thing with me. So Operation Shirt Off gives me until June 17th to lose as much fat and get into the best shape that I possibly can in that time. I started off with 120 days. That was the time frame I gave myself. I should have checked before the show, but I think I'm down to about 86 or 87. Things were going really well for the first 25-ish days. I was eating well, I was working out, um, and then I got a little sick under the weather, had a bad day, I don't know what it was, but I ate some junk food, comfort food, and that triggered something in my brain that made working out not as important and made carrots and hummus less desirable than than Little Debbie Nutty Bars. Two packs of them, because no one's home, and I can throw away the evidence. So I find myself now with 85, 87-ish days left, um, having to kind of have a come-to-Jesus moment. I've failed at this two other times. As recently as two years ago was the last time. I hired a nutritionist who gave me food advice, I invested a couple hundred bucks in some weights for my apartment and for a few months, just like this, I kicked ass. I saw improvement, I felt better, I was putting definition on my body for the first time in forever and then one, one bad day, at the time I did not have my kids full time. They were out of state for a few months, I was feeling sorry for myself, had a couple drinks, which made it easy to order a pizza, and then that was the end of that. I think at the time I was like 288, and poof, next thing you know, I'm back up to 305 or 310. So I had to reboot and start this whole damn thing again. The fear of posting that picture is enough to make me want to head over to Five Guys, and grab a big-ass burger. The judgment that I'm afraid people are going to give me is enough to make me want to go home tonight and when we have the what's for dinner discussion just say let's order a couple pizzas. I am petrified with putting myself out there and being that vulnerable because I feel that even if I'm doing amazing people are going to be disgusted by me. My hope with this, and I don't know, this could not even work, but my hope with this is, let's say I get down to 262, and I've been working out, and there's some definition, and I'm looking maybe the best I've ever looked. My hope is that I put that picture out there, and I will put it on my Twitter account, I will put it on Instagram, I'll put it on Facebook, thousands of people connected to those three accounts 
I will request specifically that people share that photo with a link to my story or the debut podcast with the picture. I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet, but I'm going to request that as many people as possible see that picture. My hope is that I'm, I'm so well prepared and I'm where I need to be that I'm given so much positive feedback that I can't help but start to heal from those inner fat scars. Maybe they'd be called stretch marks. I don't know. But I'm also equally afraid that if I allow myself to look in the mirror and think, huh, all right, that, that's not bad. That's pretty good. And then I don't get that positive reinforcement. I don't get the thumbs up. I don't get likes on Instagram or comments on Twitter or downloads of the podcast that explain what I did. I'm afraid that if I don't get all of that good job feedback, that it's going to push me even further the other direction. So I work my ass off, I feel like I look pretty good, and no one else agrees with me. So I must be right, and I must still be gross. But in spite of that fear, in spite of the worry, I'm going to trudge forward. Now here's the meat. Here's the plan. Here's what I've been doing. I came across a few accounts on YouTube where I saw people working out with fitness bands. Heavy duty like pull-up assist fitness bands that can go anywhere from 5 to 200 pounds of resistance estimated. And I watched a few of those workouts and I thought it was crazy because you get into this mindset where only weights can add muscle to a body. But I start watching these videos and I start listening to these people who have been working with these for years and I see their physiques and I see what they've accomplished and I added myself an extra layer to this challenge. I am only using fitness bands. I am not using weights. I'm not doing body weight movements. For resistance, I am only using my set of four resistance bands. I'm doing the standard stuff. I'm, I'm doing chest work. I'm doing back work. I'm doing squats. I'm doing shoulders and arms, a little bit of abs. The same movements I would do if I had a weight set at home, I'm doing with these. They're the real deal. I'm not, I'm not going to say that my workout with my bands is anything that The Rock would get his hands on and give it a shot at and be impressed with. But I'm saying for me, where I am right now, when I'm done with my 30 minutes of stretching those things out and doing the movements, I'm, I'm breathing heavy, I'm sweating, and the next day I feel it. So if I can go from 293, which is where I started, to a healthy 260-something and look good, it's going to be pretty important for a couple reasons. One, I'll have finally achieved my goal and been able to get that picture out there. But number two, I'll maybe be the first person that I know of, at least, who went through a body transformation using fitness bands and got good results. Just a different layer, different challenge makes me work a little extra hard, be more careful with my diet, because in my brain, the bands aren't quite as effective as the weights. But we're going to give that a shot and see what I can do. So I'm putting this out here today because I want people to know and hear the goal. I want to be held accountable. I told you I want you on Twitter, BigDog underscore KA. 
I will post progress pics. I will vent about my failures and shortcomings. I will gladly accept your feedback and advice. Get, get with me there. Find me on Facebook. I still don't know the name of my stupid page, but look for the Big Life of Big Dog podcast. It'll pop up there. I will talk more about this randomly and give updates and talk about challenges as I go. I will let you know how the bands are working. I will even link to the bands I'm using. They're affordable. They're high quality. They're pretty cool stuff. I'm a fan. I'm 80-some days out from doing one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. And I'm hoping that getting past that fear and making this happen is a huge step forward for me psychologically. This is going to be a healing thing for me, I hope. I'm a little scared I'm wrong, but that's what I hope. Guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully you follow along with me. Let's do this. My thought for the week this week is a pretty simple one. I know that maybe I'm not taking this COVID thing as seriously as I should. I know a lot of people share that opinion. We think maybe it's overblown. We think maybe this isn't going to be much worse than the flu or even as bad as the flu. But here's the deal. There are people out there right now who are susceptible to this virus in a different way than most of us. I've got a fiance who can't go home and see her family because her grandmother is ill already and we could lose her. She can't go see her mom or her stepdad because they both have respiratory issues and they're all self-quarantined in their separate homes. There are people in your neighborhood right now who are scared to death to go outside or go to the store and get supplies that they truly, absolutely need. Do me a favor. Reach out to those people. Reach out to your friends, to your family. Create a network. Get on Facebook and go to your neighborhood pages. See who needs help and be that help for them. Whether you think this is a, a major epidemic or the world is overreacting or not, doesn't change the fact that there are people out there who are suffering and hurting and afraid. And if we're healthy and fine, we can make a difference in those people's lives. So go make a difference. That'll do it for us this week. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. As we try to build a little bit of an audience here, we wouldn't be against you liking, sharing, commenting on whatever platform you'd like. And of course, like you said, find us on Twitter, BigDog underscore KA. Hopefully we see you back here next week. Thank you once again. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. For real. Bye, guys.